Thank you for downloading this podcast hosted by the Cambridge MBA on the New Game blog. Today we have Isaac Holman, a current PhD student here at CJBS, to talk about his work with Medic Mobile. Um, Isaac, first of all, you've described yourself as an ethnographer and design thinker striving for global health equity. Could you just briefly say what that means and help our listeners understand who you are? Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you. And truth be told, it's a long story, but I might explain it with a a short anecdote. I started working in Malawi in 2009. So it's a small landlocked country in kind of central sub-Saharan Africa. And I was working at a rural mission hospital called St. Gabriel's. And when I was working there, I, I spent a lot of time initially just kind of around the hospital getting a feel for what healthcare was like in the region because it was very different to where I grew up in the U.S. One of the things I found really interesting is that I had a conversation with a physician who said, often uh, we need to administer oxygen to a child who's doing very poorly, who's very sick, uh, through an oxygen mask. And that's a, not an uncommon thing in Western countries, but in this particular part of Malawi, they were having issues with parents not wanting the oxygen mask and refusing it. And they had a really hard time understanding why. They said, we're, we're here to help your kid. And one physician in particular was extremely frustrated. And after talking with the people and, and taking some time to build empathy and see it from their point of view, it turned out that they were scared of these oxygen masks. And the reason why was that they were going into a big open pediatric ward. So there were, there were no walls between beds. They could see everybody else. And it's a common situation that kids get oxygen when they're doing really poorly. For example, when a bacterial infection is, has gone through the bloodstream and, and the child's on the brink of death. And so, so parents would sometimes see a child doing very poorly. The foreign doctors rush over They put on the oxygen mask, and then a child dies. Now, in a country that has historically had a a rough time interacting with foreign powers, from that perspective, it's easy to see why an oxygen mask might be scary, because they didn't have the whole theory behind what was in the oxygen mask and how it's helping your kid breathe. And so it it was a memory that will be imprinted on me for a long time that this technology just didn't make any sense at all if we didn't see it from their point of view. And so this is, this is why I wanted to become a graduate student here and really focus my training on ethnographic research methods because ethnographic research is about spending time in the company of the people that you're trying to understand. Go, go to wherever the action is in the organization you want to understand and ask people there on the spot rather than you know being in the office or looking at some large data set. Go where the action is. And the second part of it with design, I mean, I was working for a nonprofit tech company, and our bottom line mission is to improve health outcomes. And so the question is always, once we understand how they perceive the technology, how do we translate that into actually building a new or better technology? How do we redesign the workflow or the process for delivering care? And... In the design community, there are some really helpful practices for translating an ethnographic insight or an empathetic insight into some concrete tool or process. So these include things like prototyping, like iteration, 
to really get the ideas from a whole community and co-create something that they can use. So Isaac, how did you use your background in both ethnography and design thinking to build Medic Mobile? And what, what does Medic Mobile do? So at a high level, Medic Mobile equips healthcare workers with technology to help them provide better care and reach more people. We started out implementing existing open source software. We were really a service design company. And um, from there, as we started seeing gaps in the technologies that were out there, we started building more and more of our own. So today the organization has grown a lot. We do research and development of, of new use cases, new um, ways that we can apply technology to global health issues, uh, and we're also developing new technologies. And a big important part of our work is developing partnerships with uh, nonprofit organizations, with ministries of health, with mission hospitals uh, to help them implement these technologies. And then the, the third pillar of what we do is developing these open source technologies and making them freely available and usable enough that any community-based organization or local hospital can actually implement them on their own without our help. So, like, could you give us, you know, one concrete example of a project that you've done? Because I know um, one great test case was using mobile phones and text messaging. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so just to, to give you an image of the setting, we're working in places where you might have one hospital, and they're serving up to a quarter, quarter of a million people. Um, and those people, you know, it's more than you could fit in a large football stadium. And they're spread out dozens of miles in every direction. Now, these people often, they won't have their own vehicles. Um, often there's very poor access to public transit. Uh, so they can become very disconnected from healthcare. The good news is, is that most of these communities will have community-based health workers. So these are people who are uh, living in the same locations, the same villages, the same conditions as the people they're trying to serve. So they have incredible access, but they only have on-the-job training to provide basic health care. So they're often confronted with cases that they don't know exactly what to do with, um, and they have issues with the basic logistics of scheduling and trying to connect their villages to higher care at the facilities. Uh, so one common example of what we do is when we'll equip a community-based health care worker with a mobile phone. And when she identifies someone in her community who's pregnant, she'll register that woman. And then it's recommended by the World Health Organization that every pregnant woman receive at least four antenatal care appointments. And so every time that particular woman is due for antenatal care, she's registered in our software. And so we can send a text message to the community health worker saying, please go visit Mary and tell her that it's time for her second antenatal care appointment. Um, and so then the community health worker will then visit the household. And this continues again when the child is born. Hopefully all goes well. And then we need to immunize that kid. So there will be a standard course of immunizations in the first year of life. And each time that child is due for an immunization, we can send a text message again to that local community health worker and say, please go visit Mary's household and tell her that her daughter is due for an immunization. So how successful uh, is Medic Mobile so far? And how scalable do you think it can be across, say, the developing world? 
There are a few measures of success that I care about, and the biggest one is are we improving health outcomes? And in a, a few cases, we've, we've assembled some really compelling evidence that, yes, we are. Most often, it's um, are more people accessing care than were before we started implementing this technology, or is the quality of care better? So in some projects, we've seen the immunization rate improve um, as much as 20, 30 percent from baseline around 60 percent of children being immunized to 80, 90 percent of children being immunized. Uh, in other cases, for example, with quality of care, one of the really common issues we deal with is drug stockouts. At rural facilities, it's, it's often so difficult to send in reports through, um, you know, a, a not very well-maintained road system, not every clinic has a vehicle, uh, fuel is, is often hard to come by. And so people end up not sending reports and they run out of medicines and you have a central warehouse that's full of medicines but nobody knows where to send them. And so by sending digital reports, we've reduced stockouts quite a bit in several cases. Uh, one study actually found that sending reports digitally was four times cheaper than the status quo system of, of filling out a paper report and delivering the papers by hand. Uh, and it was, and I know this sounds ridiculous, but it was actually 134 times faster. Um, it's, it's kind of a crazy improvement, but it's literally the difference between sending a message on your phone and uh, taking public transit somewhere that will take you all day. Um, so, so those are the kind of concrete indicators of success. More broadly, you know, I was an undergraduate student when this started, and I had one co-founder who was also an undergraduate student. And today it's an organization with about 30 staff, and we've worked on more than 50 projects in more than 20 countries. So there's an element of, of organizational sustainability there that I'm really proud of. You know, we're a nonprofit, and so we have income from philanthropic organizations. We also have um, about half of our budget is earned income from these partnerships with other nonprofit organizations and ministries of health. Um, and then at the highest level, thought leadership has always been an important part of what we do. When we, when we first started doing this, uh, most people would say, look, you're, you're working in the hardest to reach areas where they don't even have basic health care. How can you be investing in technology? And we really had to make a case that this technology isn't like a add-on. It's not something additional to healthcare. It's actually a more efficient and more effective way to provide these existing services that we already know are effective. And we made that case so successfully that there's now this big growing ecosystem. And I see all the time there are these new mHealth startups. And I feel very confident that if for some reason we were to close our doors today, there, would, there are 10 copycats lined up ready to take our place. Uh, and I still think that, you know, we're, we're really good at this. We do really distinctive, important work. But it's the sign of a, of a successful venture that we've created a compelling enough market for this kind of project that there are a lot of people excited about it, a lot of organizations building mHealth opportunities into their plans for how to do uh, effective and efficient global health work. Isaac, I know that you know, places like Africa, really the, the biggest um, diseases or the most significant diseases are the ones that in the West people don't really, you know, have solved. So dysentery, typhoid, etc. But unfortunately, it's the diseases like Ebola that gain all the headlines. 
Um, how do you think Medic Mobile or M Health could help contain something like Ebola? It's a really good question, and it's definitely true that the the diseases that take the most lives in low income countries are diseases that have been eradicated or effectively managed in places like the UK. And that's certainly true of Ebola as well. All the experts agree that Ebola is not likely to spread to any significant degree in wealthy countries because of the way it's transmitted. Um, the public health infrastructure here is just robust enough and it's well enough organized that we'd be able to contain it. And so it's no coincidence that it, this is cropping up in, in an area with very poor infrastructure, with not a lot of money to invest in the healthcare system. And the reason that I think mobile technology can help with this sort of issue is that I see it as a health system strengthening tool. There are people in this field who see it as a sort of standalone solution or some kind of silver bullet. Um, but for me, it's about looking at the existing services we have and the resources we have to provide them. We have the medicines these people need. In general, we have enough money to buy the medicines. But what we're not doing well right now is organizing and coordinating the delivery of care in some very challenging and hard to reach environments. And so for me, it's, it's why I'm based at a business school is because I see that the biggest challenge of our time in global health is not in developing new biomedical knowledge, not in doing basic research, although that's also still really important. I see an even bigger opportunity in reimagining the way that we organize and, and coordinate healthcare. All right. Thanks very much, Isaac. That's been really useful. And I hope uh, you know, Medic Mobile can go from strength to strength, and also good luck on your PhD. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to join you.